Yo, welcome to another episode of Life with Me and Mrs. Jones. It's your boy CJ. I got my co-host with me. Mrs. Jones. And we're ready to jump into it. Today we're going to be talking about crucial conversations. Very, very important topic. So let's dive into it. Let's go. Okay, so it's 2020, right? It was an election year. We had COVID. We had so much stuff going on, working from home. People dealing with like personal things being with your kids all day. Like, I just feel like this year has been the epitome of the crucial conversations. And the thing is that we're really going to dive into is that the crucial conversations that I've seen, like on social media or that I know people have had, haven't, they didn't necessarily go the right way. So I'm going to give you the definition of a crucial conversation just so that we have a basis to go off of. So a crucial conversation is defined as a discussion between two or more people where the stakes are high, opinions vary, and emotions run strong. So would you say that this year has brought forth lots of crucial conversations? I would say most definitely. Even in, you know, our marriage, we had some crucial conversations this year, things that we never probably thought we would ever discuss, but it was necessary. And this pandemic actually opened up doors, like you know, Alicia was saying, for crucial conversations because of all the time you were spending with one another, mm-hmm. the things you got to witness, the things that you got to experience with one another. It actually set the tone for crucial conversations this year because you couldn't run from your problems, right? You actually had to face them because you were stuck together. So I think 2020 did great justice for having those crucial conversations and dealing with those underlying issues that you've always had, but you never had the time to really address because you was running back and forth to work. You was doing this and you was doing that. When you're stuck in a position where you have no choice but to have those conversations, they most definitely gonna happen. For sure. Um, when you're home with your kids and your your spouse or whoever you live with, your family, then it's like, you know, I didn't realize how much you get on my nerves when you do this, that, or the third. Facts. Because... I'm, all, I'm not here. We don't spend this much time together. So I think that the crucial conversations definitely took place this year. But whether or not they were done in the right way is the question, right? So I want to just let y'all know that we are going to be referencing the actual book called Crucial Conversations, Tools for Taking for Talking When Stakes Are High. Um, if you don't have that book, you should definitely look into it. It'll help you... Uh, when you're talking to others. Um, so like you said, we had several crucial conversations this year and they were rough. I'm not even gonna lie. And so as I was looking into the book, um, it talks about the seven steps of having a crucial conversation. So the first step is start with the heart which means to have empathy and positive intent. Assume positive intent. Okay, that takes you a long way. Assume positive intent. Number two is stay in dialogue. So don't just shut down. Make it safe. Don't get hooked by emotion or hook them. Agree a mutual purpose. Separate facts from story. And agree a clear action plan. Well, let's go through them all. Let's break them down. Let's start with the first one. What, what's the first one? Start with the heart. 
i.e. empathy and positive intent. All right, so let's dive right into that one because I know a lot of us deal with that, right? Mm-hmm. We speak from the heart, but we don't always assume positive intent. Yeah. And that's hard. Like, how can you assume positive intent for somebody you don't know if they're trying to do you bad or, you know, disrespect you or disregard? You know, how do you assume positive intent when you don't really know what the intentions are of that person? So I know I've been in many situations and even in my marriage, like I don't always assume positive intent and I don't care that she has a title of my wife. Mm. I don't always assume positive intent. The reason being is because I feel like when you assume positive intent, it can do a lot of damage to you because I was in that position where I've assumed the positive intent for a lot of people and it came back to bite me in the behind. Mm. So I began to protect myself against any and everybody. I don't care if you had a title, my mama, my dad, my wife, my children. I don't care because I want to make sure that I'm going to be okay at the end of this conversation. So it's hard for me to assume positive intent. Now I'm getting better. I've been working on it, but I haven't mastered that yet because I don't know what the intentions are of other people. Well, and I think that it also just goes to show that when you start with the heart, right? Your heart kind of helps protect you from places that you've been or where you've come from, right? So if you have had situations where you had conversations or things that didn't necessarily go well, like you said, you assume positive intent and then people did you wrong. So then every time you go into a conversation with someone, no matter who they are, what role they play in your life, then you already got your guard up. So assuming positive intent has had its negative effects on you. Whereas for me, I'm like the type of person and it's and one of them says, you know, not to get too emotional. I'm listen, when I read that, I felt personally attacked because I was like, how they know my story? Like how they know what I've been going through. Um, but I think that, if we approach a situation with the wrong emotions and mindset, then that's going to affect how and what we end up discussing. So I might come to you with a, a crucial conversation about, let's just take example, cleaning the house. Ooh, let's talk about that one. Because <laughs> I'm probably never going to come to you for that conversation, but you will come to me for that conversation because... Corey is the one who maintains the cleanliness of the household. If y'all don't already know. Say it again. <laughs> he is the, the one with a slight case of OCD in the house. So there have been, oh, I don't even know how many conversations about just that topic that have gone absolutely wrong and for the most part, a little bit okay. But I think that the way that it's approached, right? When you go into it with the mindset of already like, I already know my wife, my kids, the people that I live with, they're pigs. They don't appreciate what I do. They don't appreciate that I like the house to look a certain way. So then when you come to us about that particular situation, then you're already on a hundred. Let's go ahead and pause them. Let's go ahead and pause it right there because <laughs> let me go ahead and fix this. The thing is, y'all, when you go to somebody about something that they're doing, they don't want to hear the truth about it. Well, so they already are in their feelings when you bring it up because now they have to deal with something they've been trying to put off. 
that goes that that goes for anything that you're talking about with somebody. Mm-hmm. There's been many a times I went to my wife and I said, "Listen, in a in a way that was from the heart, you know, just real like chill about it." Because I said something and she knew it to be true, she got defensive. So it put me in defense mode. Now we back and forth and we got this friction over something that's real minute and minor. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not always about what you. It's not always about you coming into it with this mindset or. Oh, they pigs or they don't do this and they don't do that. No, sometimes it's the person on the receiving end that don't want to receive. Right. But I think that it's important for you as a person who's coming. If you have the issue, right, and you're coming to that person, then it's important for you to already have your emotions and your mindset in a place where. Not to say regardless of how they react, but almost regardless of how they respond or react to it, then it doesn't completely take you out of character. I feel that. And sometimes you just got to know you're going to be rejected. Regardless if you come with it the right intentions, you say it the right way, you're just going to be rejected because that person's not ready to deal with what it is you're bringing to their attention. That's not on you. That's on them. Mm-hmm. So don't make nobody, don't allow anybody to make you feel bad about addressing certain situations when you really feel strongly and deeply about them. Because they're not ready to deal with that conversation or have that conversation. Then don't say, well, I might as well not say nothing. No, you continue to speak your peace. Mm-hmm. Because eventually, one day, you're going to get through. And if you don't get through, then you have some decisions you have to make. Right. So it's important to always start with yourself because it's it's easy. It's more easy to deal with and change how you feel about situations, your mindset, your, you know, whatever. But it's almost impossible, damn near impossible to change somebody else's mindset or their reaction behind something. So I think that in a crucial conversation, you have to deal with yourself first because crucial conversations, like we said, are when the stakes are high, emotions are high, like all of that. So this is not just a regular Joe Smo conversation. This is like when something that's very important to you. Now, I know that cleaning is something that's very important to you because you don't want to do it alone or, you know, whatever. And so, but to somebody else, they might be like, well, that's nothing, you know, a crucial conversation that I'm really going to go into, you know, with my boss or something or at my school or at my, my job or with my significant other about our intimacy or, you know, something that I know we start with like the little things cleaning. Those are easy things to kind of address. Right. But then if we can't even address those things the right way, then when we're on social media and somebody says something that is uh, out of pocket, out of pocket, then you just going all the way in. At that point, all the strategies and the things that you learn are out the window. And I think that that's what happens and that's what turns it into a crucial conversation or radically candid conversation to just a full-blown argument. Yep. So, you know, when you're going into these situations, again, go with it from the heart and then like try to take your emotions out of it. Mm. It's hard not to, but you got to take your emotions out of it. What's the next one on the list? The next one is stay in dialogue. All right. Stay in dialogue. That's huge because a lot of times we get out of dialogue. Mm -hmm. We start talking about every other thing that bothers us. We don't always address that certain situation, right? Mm -hmm. Let's go ahead and dive into that. Okay, so staying in dialogue means that you keep the conversation going. How many times 
when we're in a conversation with somebody, I know I'm guilty where it's just like, okay, okay, whatever. Yeah, it's not that big of a deal. It's or, not, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. I'm good. We don't have to talk about it no more. Yeah, and I ain't with that. Like, if we got to this point, we're going to have the conversation because it should have never got here, right? We could have nipped this in the bud way before it happened, but that don't always happen all the time. Now, I'm the, I'm the type, after so long and after going back and forth with it, because it causes friction in the relationship. Mm-hmm. After going back and forth for so long, I shut down. I stopped talking. I don't want to hear it no more. I'm done. Right. Don't even try to bring the conversation to me after I got to that point, because it, one, it takes me a while to get there. Then once I get there, I'm done with it. It's like whatever. So keeping that dialogue going is very important. So you can really get to the bottom of what's really happening. Yeah. Once you once you kill the conversation, once you pull the cord, the lifeline from the conversation, the conversation dies. And then potentially whatever relationship you're in, whether it be you knowing your job, whether it be with your children or your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your husband or wife. Whatever that situation may be, it can kill the relationship as well. Yeah, and it, and what we tend to do is when we shut down and we say, okay, whatever, it's fine, whatever, I don't care, it's over, just I don't want to talk about it no more, then the next conversation about whatever, oh, the sun is shining, then it's like, no, and remember last time yeah. when you said it was raining outside, then I was like, that's why I needed an umbrella, and it's like, what? That has nothing to do with what we're talking about, right? But because you never dealt with it then, it's going to come. It's all about stopping the transference from one conversation to another, bringing that stuff in. Oh, that's huge. Now, how many of y'all deal with that? Let's be honest, right? You deal with that. You have these conversations. You're done talking about them. You shut down. And then it's over with. Then you walk around each other awkward. Yeah. You really don't have nothing to say to one another. And then when you do say something, you halfway say it with an attitude or you halfway respond with an attitude, right? These things happen because we didn't stay in dialect, right? We mm-hmm. pulled the cord on it. Yeah. And if you don't want to deal with it right then and you know you you know yourself, take some time, step back and say, can we talk about this later? Because you're still going to revisit it, but you want to do it in a healthy way. Yeah. Sometimes we don't do it in a healthy way. You got me effed up. You're going to hear what I got to say right now. Mm-hmm. You popping off, but what is the solution? How is this going to change the dynamic of the relationship. Most of the time, we don't have a solution. We don't. We don't. There is no solution at hand. It's just like, I just want to get. I just want to get this over with. I just, you know, because I feel justified in why I'm responding to or reacting in the way that I am about whatever this topic is. And then you have yours or whoever you know, whoever you're talking to has theirs. And so it's like, well, I just needed to say what I need to say. Yep, yeah, that's how it goes. I just need to get that off my chest. I just needed to let you know that what you're not going to do is disrespect me. When you ask me to come in here and do the dishes, what you're not going to do is, you know, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. And so then, like you said, then you, then, then your rebuttal is, well, I wasn't coming at you no kind of way, but since you popping off like that, then, you know, let me, let me pop off. Right. And so it's like, there. so then it's like, well, what's the solution? What really is, you, you can't come to an agreement, which is later down the line in the steps to figure out how to solve or come to a resolve for whatever the situation is. Right. So most definitely when you, when you having these conversations, make sure you keep that dialogue going. 
so you can get to a healthy place, whatever the situation may be. Because the last thing you want is friction in your relationships when you can easily solve these problems if you just keep talking about them yeah. and not pull the lifeline out of them and they just die right where they're at because it's going to cause more friction. It's going to cause more uncomfortability. It's going to be more awkward moments. And you don't want all that, right? You don't have time for it. There's so many other things that you can put that energy into besides arguing with somebody over doing something so minor. And the thing is, it may be huge to you, right? Mm -hmm. But to that person, it's not huge. And sometimes we cannot impose what we want somebody to do right then and there on them. Ooh. We got to step back and say, you know what? Let me allow them to give me a timeline. Now, if it don't meet your timeline, then see if y'all can meet in the middle, mm. right? There's too many people I've talked to, especially in relationships, the girl be like, can you take out the trash? And dude be like, yeah, I get it. Well, no, can you take it out now? And it's like, wait a minute. I'm not moving right now because you say move. Like, if you want it out that bad, then you can do one of two things. Have the kids take it out if y'all got kids, or you grab it. Uh -uh. But give me a second, I'll get to it. Sometimes we want to rush everything. What's important and urgent to you may not be that urgent to me. Hmm. It doesn't mean I'm not going to get to it, but you're not going to bully me or disrespect me into doing something that I don't want to do right now. Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of arguments come in. Absolutely. And so I think to go to the next step, which is to make it safe. Now, sometimes conversations get real heated and they're no lo they no longer become safe. You might be yelling, you might be in somebody's face, you might punch a wall, you know, throw your phone, do whatever. But I think that if we look past just all of those things, when we think about making it safe, making it a safe space for people to feel like they can actually share their real, raw emotions in a healthy way. Right. And so that you can come to a resolve. Now, this is something, and, and I was reading where it says that they did a lot of studies about community. So a lot of people say, well, it's the communities that live in dysfunction who don't know how to handle and have crucial conversations appropriately. But that's not necessarily true. It's not about the, the level of dysfunction that you have in your life. It's about your ability to listen and be empathetic with other people. And I'll talk about that in a little bit. But I think that we don't create a safe space enough for ourselves in our homes, on our jobs. You know, it's like people say at work, like, oh, you could say, you know, you could be comfortable. I have an open door policy, you know, feel comfortable to come in and talk about whatever you feel like. If things are, if you're not, if you're unhappy with things or, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, but if I really go and come in here and tell you that this is getting on my nerves, I'm stressed about this, da, 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 da. Like, is, are you really going to be, like, I could tell you that you could create a safe space for me, but then I want some results after that. And so I think that it's important for even in a, a relationship at home, like, how do we create a safe space? How do we maintain that safety within when we're having these conversations? I think you maintain that safe space by starting with the first one from the heart. And what else did it say? Keep the dialogue. No, not no. Start in oh. the heart and um, with empathy and positive with intent. Em with empathy and positive intent. I think that's where the safe place is generated at that particular point in the crucial conversations, the seven steps to it. 
the thing is, sometimes people insecurities spill out. Mm-hmm. And it's no longer a safe place. Not because of what you've done, but they don't want to be vulnerable. Mm. You can create any type of safe space you want, but if a person is not ready to step into the safe space, that's not on you. That's something they got to deal with. And I'm going to be honest, in relationships, especially when you're dating or you're married, it's hard to have these crucial conversations. And this is the thing. You have them to yourself, yeah. but you won't have them with the person that need to be had with because you're afraid to hurt their feelings. And sometimes, y'all, hurt feelings pushes people to the next level. Yeah. Sometimes disappointment pushes you to level up. And if you never have that crucial conversation with the person that you say you love, then you're going to further do damage to yourself because you're going to be beating yourself up on the inside or you're going to do something that you're going to regret. So it's important that you have these crucial conversations and it's not your job to focus on how they interpret it. Your job is to get it out. Their job is to interpret it, process it, then break it down. But I think we try to do both, right? Yeah, don't come at nobody sideways and don't be disrespectful. Have that safe space. Mm -hmm. You have to create a safe space because that's the only way you're going to have effective communication uh, within your relationship. But if you don't create that safe space, it's going to be rah, 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 argue, 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 let's get a divorce, let's break up, I'm out, or I quit, or it's it's just all that, right? Mm -hmm. I think if you have the safe space, you have that conversation, it's going to open up doors to a lot of other things. Yeah. And it can preserve whatever relationship you call yourself to be in. And it'll help you so that whenever you have, because it's not like you have one crucial conversation and then that's it. Like this is something that is ongoing. You know, it's like you can have a conversation about one thing one day and then the next day you can have a conversation about something completely different with the same person and you still have to implement these same tools. And a, another part of having a crucial conversation is just the way that we listen to one another. That's mm, another way I to like create that. a safe space because if you go into it with the mindset and a lot of times we we um, don't listen to hear what the person is saying, but we listen to respond, right? We're thinking about what I'm going to say next. I'm not really hearing what you're saying. I'm not really taking it in what you're saying. I'm thinking, okay, well, I don't care what he's saying because I'm about to say this. And I'm about to say, well, that's why your mama's ugly anyway. And I never liked her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and in these crucial conversations, this is not the time to beat up or bash one another. It's not the time to do that. Because it gets so heated in these crucial conversations at times, mm -hmm. we dump out everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really didn't like you in the first place. I was just with you because. Or you just mm -hmm. start saying all these different type of things and you feel like this is the platform to do it on because now you're in that space. You're in that heated moment. Mm -hmm. That's why it's time to, it's important to pull back. Really think about what it is you want to say and effectively do it. Mm -hmm. It's important that you understand the effectiveness of effective communication. Right. Because if you can't effectively get your message across without hurting someone, mm -hmm. then you need to go back to the drawing board. Now, I'm not saying that everything you say is going to hurt somebody's feelings or not hurt somebody's feelings. Yeah. Because you can say it in the nicest way and it still hurts their feelings. Yeah. But again, that does not boil down to you not knowing how to communicate. 
That's an internal issue that the person that's receiving it has that they don't really want to hear. Mm-hmm. So continue to have that conversation, but keep that safe space in mind so that way you can continue to have crucial conversations and nobody's on guard. And I think that, like you said, sometimes you you might say something wrong or that is hurtful to the other person. And I think that we need to normalize saying like, that wasn't my intent. My intent wasn't to hurt your feelings, whatever. I apologize. How can we move forward? You know, like, because when you don't do that, when you're just like, I'm not apologizing. I didn't do nothing wrong. I just, well, you took it wrong or whatever. Then that diminishes trust. And then from there on, that person is like, well, it doesn't matter. You know, like he could say whatever, or she could say whatever. And it could crush my heart. But they're not going to apologize. They're not going to own up to it. They're not going to authentically um, apologize and say, like, I was unaware that that, you know, that the way that I said that was hurtful or whatever. And what I meant was, you know, or what I meant to say, or you know, some sort of way to, to make it better. But a lot of times because the emotions are high and because... We don't know how to effectively communicate. We just go tit for tat saying crazy stuff back and forth to one another. When in reality, it's like, well, I love you. I don't want to, you know, like I'm saying all of these things out of anger. And because I know that it's going to hurt your feelings. Because you said something to me that hurt my feelings. Or because you brought an issue to me that, you know, I didn't feel like addressing at that moment. Or I felt guilty because, yeah, I should have helped you, you know, keep the dishes or keep the kitchen clean or whatever. And so I feel personally attacked because internally then I feel like, oh my God, I'm a terrible wife or I'm a terrible mother. Or, you know, when, when our bosses come to us and say, well, I noticed that you haven't been doing this and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to get fired. You know, so then your all your insecurities start to pile up on the inside of you. So then it's just a trickle down effect. Because most people fear the unknown. You don't know what this is going to do. You don't know how this is going to affect you. And one of the most scariest places people to visit and experience is the unknown. Right? But I want to encourage you to get familiar with the unknown. That way, when you become familiar with the unknown and you face your greatest fear, fear begins to dissipate. Mm. But... We don't do that. We have our guard up. We're ready to buck. Mm-hmm. And y'all, let me give you some, some words of advice. Sometimes, in order to keep peace, you have to let the other person think that they won. Wait a minute. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not always about proving your point. Sometimes, in order to keep peace, you have to let the other person think that they won. Even though you know of your heart of hearts, they didn't. I don't think that's right. Why not? Because then eventually then you feel resentment, anger, or whatever, because you're like, well, I knew I, I, I wasn't wrong, but I just let them. And so then it, it boils up in you. Right. But if you try to get this message across to people who don't want to receive it, then you're wasting your time going in circles, arguing with somebody that don't want to take accountability. But that's why we're talking about crucial conversations. These are the right things to do so that we don't perpetuate the dysfunction. If that person's willing to go that way, then look, <laughs> have that conversation. What's the next one? Okay, so I think that um, 
within this, there are four paths to powerful listen, listening. So you want to think about AMP. So ask. Ask to get things rolling. Like, I'd really like to hear your opinion on how you feel like the kitchen looks right now. Okay. What if it's deeper than the kitchen? What if it's in the bedroom? I'd really like to talk to you about our lack of sexual intimacy right now. Boom. Let's stop right there. Let's dive into that real quick. Because I think that's very, very important. A lot of people in relationships don't have those conversations. Sometimes there's a lot of unspoken expectations for things to take place in the bedroom that somebody may or may not feel comfortable doing. Listen, now that's a different topic, but what I'm saying is <laughs> is that you can, the way you get the conversation going you just ask. is you just ask, and you ask in a way that's not hostile. It's like, I really want to have a conversation, you know, how, how do you feel about talking about this? Or I'd really like to get your thoughts on how we could spice up our you know, marriage or whatever, instead of being like, you know what? We ain't had sex for seven days and I'm, you know, over here, you know, or whatever, like, because that's placing blame already or that's just, you know, like, um, and so I think that that's a way to actively initiate the conversation. Okay. Mirror to confirm feelings. So I see that you're angry or you look confused. So as you're having the conversation, this is also going to help keep the space safe, right? So if I notice your body language says something different than what your mouth is actually saying, then I might say, and this is also something that we do in counseling, right? Body language tells you way more than... Because people could say anything. Absolutely. But the way that their body is positioned. Yeah, the posture, everything, right? Tells the whole story. Speaks. And it tells the true story. Yes, that exactly. And so you're like, I can see, uh, I'm noticing that you have your your arms crossed and you're rolling your eyes frequently. Like, But, but, that, but that's huge though, because right, you can manipulate with the words, but mm-hmm. your body tells the story. Come on. So a lot of times we do that in our relationships. We say one thing just to get it out the way, but our body language speaks louder than what's coming out of our mouths. Gonna say it. And so we try to manipulate people with the words that we use, mm-hmm. but then our body language is really telling on us. And so if your body language doesn't match what's coming out of your mouth, then there may be a lie somewhere in your story. So then me as the other person that you're having the conversation with, I'm going to confirm like, okay, I hear you saying this, but your body is showing me something different. That's good right there. I like that. And so then that person can, one, acknowledge like, okay, yeah, I do have my arms crossed. I have been rolling my eyes, but I am saying, but I love you so much. Or, you know, I really want to make this work. Or I, you know, and so it's like, you're saying one thing, but you're looking another. Because I think sometimes people really do try to fight through that. Mm-hmm. They don't really... They're trying not to be upset. So they're saying things that, you know, may lighten the, the mood in the room, but their body language is still have control. Because they're still pissed. Because they're pissed off. <laughs> now, unconsciously, we do that a lot of times. Yeah, we do. We, our intentions are to say the right things and to really smooth things over, but our, our body takes over. And we get tensed up. We mm-hmm. feel some type of way. And our body's not going to lie on us. Right. 
But our words are the, and so what we try to do is we try to have our words match our body language where we need to flip it and have our body language match our words. Come on, because they are, they're connected, mind, body, soul, spirit. Like people, like we don't have to go that deep, but people really think that like sometimes your body tells you how you're feeling and we've gotten so used to just saying, oh, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm unbothered. Because we don't want to really have that conversation. Y'all, y'all know, y'all listening right now, you know you've been in that situation. Yeah. You'd be like, I'm good. Or you say, no, I'm fine. But your mm-hmm. body language is saying something completely different. Some of y'all probably laughing right now like, yeah, he pegged me like a T. Right. You got knots in your stomach, stomach your heart, heart beating. Palpating and all these things, right? <laughs> Pulsating. It's like, come on, man. Let's really get to the bottom of it because we don't have time to waste. Yeah. Either we're going to figure this problem out or we're not and we're going to move on about our business. Right. So, so the next thing is when you're having the conversation to help you with powerful listening is to paraphrase. So this is a way for you to acknowledge what the other person is saying. So what I hear you saying is. Yeah, you reiterate, right? Let's what? see if I have this right. Right. We do this in counseling all the time, too. Mm-hmm. And I think that we've start, we started this in our conversations where it's like, okay, I'm really frustrated about blah, 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 blah. And then it's like, okay, so what I hear you saying is that you're frustrated because you feel you feel like you're the only person. No, I don't feel like I'm the only person doing cleaning the house. I am. I am the only person. Okay, so you are the only person that is cleaning the house and you feel unappreciated, you feel neglected, you feel whatever. Okay, what can? how can I help or what can I do? Well, what you can do is da-da-da-da-da. So... That keeps the conversation from turning into a whole blow up, threatening divorce and, you know, arguing the kids, wondering like, what's going on with mom and daddy? You know, so it's like just paraphrasing what the other person is saying, because then that gives you a reason. Well, you should be listening anyway, but it gives you a better way to for you to focus on what that person is saying and not to just. Think about what you're going to say next to prove your point. Because a lot of times it's like, well, I just want to prove these points. This, 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 and this. So I don't even care what he say. I'm just going to say anything. Because I've been harboring these feelings from the last two arguments that we had. And when you rephrase or paraphrase what the person says, it's kind of in a sense that you're validating. Yes. Right? You're acknowledging that you are aware of what they're saying. If somebody says something, you're like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Then it's going to blow up. Like, you can't give somebody a sassy-ass answer mm-hmm. and then expect them to respond to you with love, peace, and joy. Oops. That's not how that works. Like, you really got to hit this thing and hit it hard. Be like, nope, all right, let's let's pause. I see we're getting out of pocket with one another. Is this what I'm hearing you saying? Mm-hmm. Then repeat what it is you thought they said because if there's any miscommunication or misconceptions, you can clear it up in the moment. Yeah. As opposed to this person walking away and then they're trying to interpret what you said and then they totally missed the mark because you wasn't clear on what you said. Or you didn't, that person didn't reiterate what you said and make it clear for themselves. Boy, that's like, we, we, we create our own responses. Like I, sometimes I've dealt with this before where it's like I already have created in my mind what I think you're thinking. Or what I interpreted what you said and I turn it into a whole nother thing. And so then 
when we do finally have the conversation, because how many of y'all do this? You have the big blow up, the big argument, and then the next day or two or three later, then you actually have the crucial conversation after you've been awkwardly silent, walking around, um, trying to avoid each other and all of that, all of that. This, this is intended to help you avoid those like, that's like two and three days yes. that you can, that you're just not talking, not interacting, not vibing, not connecting emotionally, spiritually, physically. It's so much damage can be done in those three days. And y'all, to be honest, like some people like that. Some people cool with some that. Some people thrive Because on that. it gives them a way out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm one of those persons I'm not even going to cap. There's like times I've looked for ways out. It's like, I don't want to do this no more. And I, we're not saying that you have to fix every single problem that you have. If you decide that ain't for you, then it's, it's not for you. You don't have to be with somebody because you feel like you're obligated to be with them. Right? If you're not happy in your situation or you feel like this isn't working for you and you just are tired of going through the hoopla, do what's best for you. Of course, you're going to have people send you their opinions. Hmm. They're going to talk about what they would have done. But it's always easy for somebody to tell you what they would have done when they're not in the situation. Right. But the point of this podcast <laughs> Here is... she goes overriding what I'm trying to say. <laughs> because she's one of those ones that will fight through hell to fight through the valley to keep something together. And it's like, listen, that's what you believe. Loyal to a fault. Everybody don't believe that way. And so I don't want to impose what we believe on y'all. But what we're saying is if you can do this in the right way, in a healthy way with the safe space. Summa positive content, asking those questions, doing everything you need to do to make sure you gave it your all, then do it. And it's just, it, this could be with your kids. This yeah. could be with your, your mama, your daddy, your spouse, your neighbors, whoever, you know, you have these, your best friend, these relationships with. And so, but it's just a lot of times when people are in relationships and marriages and whatever, that these conversations don't always seem to go this way. And so we're just trying to give y'all a little couple of tips, strategies to avoid because who, I mean, it's 2020. It's been loss and death and grief and craziness and scariness and anxiousness and trauma and all sorts of stuff. I don't have time or the mental capacity to be mad at you for three, four, five days. Most of the time after like the first couple of hours, You're physically I, exhausted. I'm really not mad no more, but I got to hold up this facade because I ain't no punk. Nah, bump that. I still be pissed <laughs> off. You know what I'm saying? I ain't holding up no facade. If you piss me off, you piss me off. But I got to hold up this facade and be like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be the first one to come to you. I'm not gonna be, you know. And it's like, so then you, we, and then the other person is thinking the same thing. It, or in reality, in your real heart, you're like, I really don't even know why we're still what, what, how this went so wrong. And I don't want to just continue in this hamster wheel. So I really would like to just make up and, you know, keep going, keep living life. Right. But, but see, everybody, and I'm glad you pointed that out. This is not just relationships as far as being in intimate relationship with somebody. This can be anybody that you're talking about. But there's yeah. so many people that cut off relationships that don't work for them. I know people that cut off their relationship with their own mamas Come on. and daddies and their kids. Sure do. So, but, and it's not, I can't say it's not right or nor can I say it's wrong, right? It's whatever works for you. 
If there's but there's tools out there to help you keep these relationships alive, yes. then use the tools to keep them alive. And y'all, don't get it wrong. We ain't talking to y'all. We talking to us as well. <laughs> because we still go back and forth. We still battle with some of these things. We haven't perfected the crucial conversation. My wife and I haven't figured out this crucial conversation yet because there's times I come to her real nice, polite, and, and with, you know, real like real like, hey, I got, you know, let's let's figure this out. And that day she ain't ready for it. No. So my it's off with my head. You caught me off guard, bro. And it's like, and then what that does, y'all, that makes me go into this recluse. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, F it. I ain't talking to you no more. I ain't got nothing else to say. I'm just not going to say nothing. I'm going to say nothing. I just want to talk to you. Yeah, we can be together for the rest of our life, and I ain't got to say one word to you. Because I feel, like, I feel like if I tried my best to relay this message to you in a way that was healthy, that was in a safe space, and I still get shafted for it, mm-hmm. then it's like, what's the point? You see what I'm saying? So, y'all, it happens. It's inevitable. It's going to happen because you're dealing with human beings, and human beings are flawed. Human beings are always on the defense. Human beings are taught to protect themselves at all times. Yeah. Fight or flight, right? Yeah. A lot of times, we're going to fight. Yeah, if that's your defense mechanism. If that's your disposition. You're going to fight. If it isn't, you're going to, you know, flight. Yeah. So you got to figure out where you at and you got to be in tune with yourself. Really tap into your conscious competency. Mm. Know where you are, what you want and what you don't want. A lot of times we're, we're not real with ourselves. No. And you got to be real with yourself. Before you can be real with somebody else. else. Because I'll sit here sometime and I'll have conversations with myself and I'll say, this is exactly what I'm going to say. Some of us don't lay out how we're going to say it. We just go at it. Mm-hmm. But if you lay it out, and even if you lay it out, y'all, you can't control what somebody else say. You can't control what somebody else do or how they respond. Mm-hmm. You just can't. But all you are responsible for is getting it off of you and letting them know how you feel so you're not eating up inside. Because I've had conversations with my wife about some things that she was very sensitive about. Yep. And I knew that she was sensitive about him. But guess what? It was tearing me up because I'm like, if I don't have this conversation with her, I'm going to dip out. Mm-hmm. I'm just keeping a whole buck. If I don't have this conversation with her in the way I feel, I'm going to dip out. I had the conversation with her. It broke her down. Was it my fault that it broke it down? No. Did I probably say everything the way she wanted me to say, like cotton candies and rainbows? And, Hell no. And, and, and lollipops? <laughs> No, because sometimes you can do that for so long and they still don't get it. And sometimes you got to come with that thunder and say, look, this is what it is, man. We've had this conversation numerous of times and ain't nothing changed about what I've asked you to change. And we still keep having the same conversation. So now let me add a little bit more um to the funk Mm-mm. and get it. No, because sometimes that has to happen. That's a thunderstorm. It's a thunderstorm only <laughs> if you want it to be a thunderstorm. I don't like the how, rain. How many of y'all have came to your significant other? You laid it out very nice with rose petals. They still didn't hear you out. Then you upped the ante a little bit. You came with a little bit more authority. They still didn't. Sometimes you got to be like, look, this is what it is. If we don't get it fixed, I'm out. You ain't always got to be out. You could just be like, I really want to have this conversation. What if you had those conversations <laughs> over and over and over again? You I'm just in- try. And- no, bump that. Just Listen. keep swimming. Just keep swimming. <laughs> just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. Yeah, they want you to keep swimming because they don't want to change. You know what I'm saying? So you spinning your wheels. It's like, wait a minute. So what, what I'm saying is what we're saying is if you are that person. That no, this is what keep- you're saying. If you if you that person that want to keep having that conversation, that same conversation over and over and over and ain't nothing changing, then you keep doing that. Well, I'm not 
saying to keep having the same conversation over and over and over and over and over again and nothing changes. You just said keep swimming, keep swimming, no. keep swimming, keep swimming, <laughs> keep swimming and swimming. What I'm saying is, is that if you are utilizing the tools and the strategies that we're giving you, then the conversation will be had in a way that there will effective change will happen. Well, I have. because you're going to share the facts. You're going to tell your story. You're going to ask for the other person's story. So how do you feel about this? You're going to talk tentatively, not with no thunder. But and then you're going to encourage testing. So the intent to reach a shared meaning to the facts as a solid basis on which to agree next action steps. I love that. That's this beautiful. is how you get stuff done. So that you so you don't have to keep having the same conversation over and 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 over again and never see results. That's what it's about, baby. It's about coming to that resolve at the end of the conversation. Yes. Because it's pointless to argue if there's no resolve or solution at the end of it. Because that's just draining. That's just draining. Ain't anybody got time for that. But y'all, this is what we're saying. Use these tools. Yeah. Implement them. It's pointless to keep chasing information without implementing what you just chased. Come on. If you're, if you're seeking information on how to save your relationship, how to have these crucial conversations, you know, how to be an effective communicator, all the information is out here for you to get. But it's pointless to keep chasing all this information and you don't do nothing with it. Right. You got to put it to practice at some point. You got to put it to practice at some point. And, and th look, this is, I hate to say it, but storms and trials allows you to put these things into practice. Come on If now. everything is good, you can't practice nothing. Well. So don't look at it like, oh, this is, here it goes. Here we go. It's like, no, this is an opportunity to utilize or implement what it is I learned to see how effective I can be with it. Because what that does, it helps create data and see if what we're giving you works or it doesn't. Yeah. Then we go back to the drawing board. Or whoever wrote the book goes back to the drawing board. Or wherever you got your information from. These things are not 100% accuracy proof, right? Mm -hmm. But they are tools that you can utilize to get you to where you need to be. Because some of these things will take your relationship or your job, or your relationship with your kids, whatever, to a whole new level, yeah. if you just try them. But some people are like, I don't know this is out here. I don't know how to do this. So we're giving you the game right now. Yeah, some people don't want to. They're like, mm -mm, I've been fine arguing like this for, that's just how I am. And listen, I'm not going to yuck your yum. If that's your tea, if you like chamomile tea with uh, thorns in it, drink it. Ew. I don't want that. You know what I'm saying? I want peace in my household because I got too much life to live yeah. and I can take this energy and put it into something more productive that's going to set my family up for success and leave a legacy. Come on. So if you want to fight and keep bucking the system, then go ahead. Come on, but, legacy. You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, we're here to give out tools. We're here to give out some real life gems and that's what we're here to do. This yeah. is life with me and Mrs. Jones and we talk about life. We talk about, you know, those controversial things. We talk about these things on our podcast and we just thank you all for rocking with us and tuning in. Um, any last things you want to say before we dip out of here? No, I think that was good. We need to actually, you know, I think that if you can actually implement these things, you may not do it every time, right? But if you can implement them 
at some point, you know, 20% of the time and then eventually grow 30%, 40%. The more that you do it, the more that the, the easier it'll become and the more you'll do it and you'll see that it has an effect, a positive effect on your relationships, on how you talk to people, how you listen, how you respond, all of that. And I think that, like you said, that's the point of what, what we're saying is that if you don't want to continue in the same hamster wheel and the same drama, the same arguments, the same, 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 then here's some nuggets. Here's some tools, you know, put it in your toolbox. You know, you don't just leave your hammer out on your kitchen table because you might not be hammer, be hammering something every day, but you pull the hammer out when you need it so that you can use it for what the purpose of it is. I'd rather you be equipped and not need it. Right. Mm-hmm. Then to not be equipping you need it. Come on. So this is what we're here to do. Hey, we love y'all. Thank y'all for rocking with Life and Me and Mr. Jones podcast. Listen, go ahead and follow us on Spotify. Follow us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, all the platforms we own there. Keep rocking with us. We're going to keep bringing y'all this fire to next time. We love y'all and we out. Bye.